saving money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards, we have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Say big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Hey everybody, welcome to Ruin. This is Hallie. This is Allison. And this is a podcast. Oh boy, <laughs> off to a great start. This is a podcast oh where we ruin a horror movie for you. Yeah. So if you don't want to see a horror movie because you're too scared, this is the place for you. And we usually kick off with the first horror movie, which is Allison not knowing who she is, forgetting her <laughs> own name. Who I am. Yeah. Just crisis of identity uh, every time we record. So that's fun for me internally. Um, we wanted to kick things off with a fan question, yes. as we've been yes. doing recently. Do you guys like this? I don't know. Let us know. Um, we like hearing you and, and reading your questions. So Yeah, you guys send us really good questions, including uh, this one from Cat I, uh, <laughs> a friend of the pod, uh, slash sound engineer cat. I don't know what your job title is. No, I think you got but it, I, right? But I love you. Um, Kat uh, asked us a very good question, which is, what character would you be in a horror movie? And would you be the monster slash slasher? Oh, Ooh. slash slasher. Um, which I think fun. is great because it, assu- it does not assume that we would be innocent. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> which no one should. Um, uh, yeah, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Pal- yeah, what do you... I, I, I'm tempted. I have sided with some of the villains in some of these movies, most notably Brahms. <laughs> right, you were a, a pro, a very strong pro Brahms proponent. Really wanted to make. I saw where Brahms was. I felt bad for Brahms. I did too. Um, you know. So, yeah, this know. is a, it, Brahms is an indictment of parenting, if, if nothing yes, else. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I would if I would be Brahms. Um, Okay, but let's but look I, at the positives of it. Um, yes. Never have to do your makeup. Free rent. Ever. Um, yes. I mean, all the rats you could eat. All the rats you could eat. Which again, <laughs> all I, you could eat rats again, inside the walls. <laughs> that was your question. I do not think he was eating the rats. I think he simply didn't want them in his walls, where he, of course, he lives. <laughs> which makes so much more sense. <laughs> I mean, it's essentially just like a thirty-year-old living at home, except it's he quarantine. chose to live in the walls. Right. He could have just lived at his parents' house. Yeah, it's basically yeah. quarantine. It's quarantine. Um, so, you know, do I want to be Brahms? No. Could Do I sympathize with him? Are and, you Are you Brahms? Am I Brahms? Like, I, who never could say? Thought, this is an interesting question because, Elsa, I never thought to ask you, why are you recording this from inside the walls of your parents' house? I and know. why do you have that mask on? That it hasn't come up, but I am jacked, you know, and that's important. You look incredible. <laughs> Thank you. It's just been eating entirely rat meat. That's basically what keto is, right? You that, just I was going to say, isn't that Atkins? Rat, Ratkins? Ratkins! Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I want the Ratkins diet. Uh, I live in the walls um, and only eat rats. <laughs> I mean, he looked incredible. So, I mean, you yeah, look fabulous. Yeah, like it worked. We just need to get you two crazy kids together. You get a house together where you could both, <laughs> with enough room for you both to live in the walls. That's why I want for the, you and Brahms. What would be the dating app for Brahms? It's like... 
uh, not like, uh, what's the farmer, like farmers only? Oh, It'd yeah. Like, um, you know, something, you know, um, rats.com. I don't know. Rats.com. <laughs> Brahms for Brahms. I don't know. Brahms, Brahms for Brahms. Um, what about you, Hallie? What, I mean, I guess I'm Brahms or Brahms's wife. You yeah, know, I think, yeah, you're, you're Brahms's <laughs> wife, Mrs. Brahms. Mrs. Brahms. Um, and I don't have in laws because they're dead. It's exactly. a dream. It's a perfect situation. <laughs> right, he could have just lived in the house. Anywho, if you haven't listened to our Brahms episode, please listen for any please context. Please go listen I'm to sorry, the boy. Probably yes. talking about a movie you have not seen. But I would say for me, the character I am is Randy Meeks from Scream. So sort of a friend who knows everything about horror movies. And mm-hmm. of course, will I survive? Absolutely not. I am nope. annoying. I kn- I'm a know-it-all, but I don't know enough to preserve myself and take myself out of the situation. because I'm Wait, too which actor interested. was that? He is played by, I believe it is Jamie Kennedy. I want to oh, make yes. sure. Um, yes, Jamie Kennedy. He is in Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3. I hope he comes back for Scream 5. Um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, no, I guess he can't. Um, yeah, isn't he dead? Yeah, but then I think he I think he died several times, I believe. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that's the great thing about the, the Scream um, franchise. Is he, you don't he just bring him back and be like, oh, yeah, we thought he was dead, but he just moved away yeah, or whatever. He's alive. Surprise. Um, yeah, no, but he he was killed. But, you know, you could retrofit anything. So I would say I'm the yeah. annoying friend who knows a lot about horror, but but is uh, doesn't have other skills, like, for example, shutting the fuck up or, yeah. you know, protecting my own uh, well-being. So, uh, well, two yeah. of those three things have made you a perfect uh, podcast co-host for me. So, and hopefully no we're no never notes. haunted by, thank you, we're never hunted down by... Uh, Brahms or any other murderer, yeah. your new husband. I would tell my husband not to do that. Exactly. You're not going to stand for that. No, I will leave him. <laughs> um, but uh, Kat, <laughs> thank you again for that wonderful yes. question and for being our sound engineer and being on this recording yes. right now. We really appreciate yes. it. We love you. And it is my birthday. We were recording this ahead of time, but it is my yes. birthday today. And Happy I'm glad. Happy birthday, thank you. Uh, you know, another year older, closer to the grave. Feels good. Feels well, really that's good. F- fitting for our, our nature month uh, as you, you will return to the earth even sooner now. Exactly. And I hope that if I do, I enact my revenge in the same way that the earth does in this week's movie, which is, of course, M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Yes. Um, and this is a great example of, like, as I've said on the pod before, I am a huge M. Night Shyamalan apologist. Mm-hmm. I like all of his movies, and yet I recognize many of them are perhaps not as good as the others. That's fine. Mm-hmm. This movie is, I would say, probably his worst one. It came out right. in 2008. Interestingly, his only film so far to receive an R rating. Oh. Which is fascinating. Um, however, it uh, received generally negative reviews from critics and grossed $163 million worldwide against its $48 million production budget. It doesn't matter if it's good. If it's M. Night no. Shyamalan, it, 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 I'll see, see it. it. I believe yeah. I saw it happening twice, if not three times, in the theaters, even though I, wow. I didn't care for it. So say, see what you will about I don't know what that means about me, but I, I think that I've earned the right to present the happening to you wholeheartedly. Yes. When we brought this up, when this was like the movie for today, I was like, oh, I wonder what this is. And then as soon as I opened the trailer, I was like, I remember this movie. I mean, I don't know anything about, I you know, I know it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I remember that Mark Wahlberg is in it, and I remember seeing the trailers. But beyond that, Speaking of, Allison, Mm -hmm. what did you think of the happening trailer? What were your thoughts? I mean, I think the thing about M. Night Shyamalan movies is they make great trailers. 100%. Because you know that there's a crazy explanation twist that Mm -hmm. comes at the end, and, like, all they're giving you is, like, 
here is all the weird shit going on and like it makes less and less sense as it goes on until like an answer that is obviously not part of the trailer. And I just think that's a great way to do a trailer. It's so fun. Like that, I'm hooked. Yeah, leave a little something for us to figure out. Yeah. Um, And we also take a baseline scary for every episode. And Allison, how scary do you find the concept of nature fighting back? Oh, uh, very. Mm-hmm. Uh, as someone who is alive in 2021, oh, I would say that it's been nothing but a horror show. Um, watching the Earth. I mean, I guess like it's not fighting back when we're just destroying it, but um, the virus feels certainly like a retaliatory. Yeah, <laughs> there is something like thrilling, or at least like understandable, to give nature like a sentience that it does mm-hmm. not have. Uh, not that yes. n- that nat- things in the natural world don't, are sentient in a certain sense, but yeah. sort of the idea of the Earth launching an attack on us. Yes. Is it going to happen? Should it? Well, I think watching this movie, I'm like, listen, the, we, the Earth deserves this. You know, like yeah, I was going to say, we do deserve it. Yeah, we can't really argue this wouldn't be a good idea. So M.I. Chamlon no. was ahead of the curve there, I think. Yeah. Um, and finally, would you like to guess the twist? Do you think there will be a twist? What do you think is causing the happening is the fundamental question. Guess the twist. I mean, now based on these questions, of course, it feels like there's something like within the earth that is killing people. I need, causing... you, I need you to be more specific, Allison. I need you to say I... what part of nature do you think is causing this? Lava? Great. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will say this as, is, as I was saying it, I knew how stupid it sounded. No, it's not at all. And I would say it's certainly not stupider than the actual movie. Oh, good. Um, okay, great. But I think it's interesting because they, this is not a traditional twist. Like, the answer is sort of suggested pretty early. And that is a bizarre okay. decision, given that this would have made one hell of a twist if they had waited till later in the movie. But oh, because weird. you okay. know it earlier, I think maybe he was just trying to, like, you know, it's written, produced, directed by M. Night. I think he was just being like, I can't be the guy with that's my only thing. That's always just doing a like surprise. Unfortunately, like, that's the best part, and that's what I yeah, love about That's why his people movies. know who you are. A hundred percent. So I mean, look, will I see his next movie old? Will we be doing it? Absolutely, of oh, course. Oh, yeah, we have to. A hundred percent. Um, but in the meantime, let us begin. We are about to ruin the happening. So we open to me, this is like similar to like a mids- the beginning of Midsummer, which we have not covered, you have not seen, but the first 10 minutes of this movie are genuinely terrifying. So oh. we open, it's Central Park, it's 8.30 a.m., we see the wind blowing through That's the trees, scary. gorgeous, like everyone's like walking their dog and like having taking their kids out, it's fun. This woman, Claire, is reading her book and she turns to her and says, I forgot where I am. And a friend who is played by Kristen Connolly, who is a star of Cabin in the Woods, which we absolutely will be doing soon, okay. Um, she said, oh, you're at the place where the killers need to decide what to do with the crippled girl. We don't see crippled anymore, M. Night, but, you know. Um, I don't think we did in 2008 either, but. No. And so Christian suddenly hears somebody screaming in the distance, and he, she says to her friend, that's weird. Those people over there look like they're clawing at themselves. Is that blood? And then she turns and she realizes everyone in the park except for her is either frozen in place or slowly walking backwards. What? And Claire, her friend, turns to Kristen and says again, I forgot what page I'm on. And as Kristen watches, Claire takes, like, you know those hair sticks that people used to use, and, like, they, they put, like, a bun, and there's her, oh, like, yeah, chopstick yeah. Like, chopsticks. Length, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Takes one out and then just stabs herself in the neck. But no. Kristen doesn't even react. She suddenly has a br- blank expression and is staring ahead. 
Meanwhile, three blocks away at a construction site, these construction workers are hanging out. One of them is telling a dirty joke when suddenly they hear a body fall behind them. And they run over, and it's one of their colleagues. And they're obviously distraught. They're like, oh, my God, he fell off the scaffolding. They call, you know, for an ambulance. All of a sudden, before they could even react, they hear another body falling off the building. And then another okay. body falling off the oh building. Oh and then God. another body. And people on the, on the sidewalk are screaming and pointing and, like, running over. And the foreman looks up, and as he looks, he, five more construction workers just walk off the side of the building what? and fall. And he looks no. up and he says, God in heaven, cut to. So, like, you just feel how scary that is. That's terrifying. And I feel like we then have to address this other part of the movie is look, I don't, I really don't like to weigh in on the quality of the movies, but I unfortunately, due to this movie, have to weigh in on. The it's quality of Mark Wahlberg's acting. I mean, in the trailer alone, I mean, he's a teacher. He's I mean, a sci- uh, high school science teacher. He's like, have you guys read this New York Times article to like a, a high school class? And I was like, everything about what just happened is incorrect. It is, <laughs> frankly, a baffling casting decision. So look, Mark Wahlberg has his strengths, um, uh, you know, action, comedy. You know, I'm Absolutely. not saying that he's untalented. The man cannot act afraid. I will also say the other lead in this movie is Zoe Deschanel, who I found so charming and so funny on New Girl. She also cannot act afraid. And these are yeah. very baffling casting choices in, in a movie where they are the main characters through which we are experiencing the film. And I don't I yeah. don't want to say it except watching this the whole time. You're like, if this these were any other actors, it would still yeah. be a goofy-ass movie, but there would be something... Mark Wahlberg, yeah. he's given you nothing. They he's are not never two be people that I associate with, like, expressing uh, sincere emotion very well. Yes. Like, they can both do, like, over-the-top or, like, like again, comedy yes. um, action. Or, like, be, they're both, like, good at being, like, a straight man in, and being funny or something. But, like, they're not who I want to go to for, like, you're in a crisis you're yes. in horror. You're scared. Yeah. And so I just want to say this because there's a lot of Mark Wahlberg explaining different scientific theories. Mm-mm. And it Mm-mm. is a lot Mm-mm. to get through. Mm-mm. We Mm-mm. open on, so he, he plays a high school science teacher, Elliot Moore. And he turns to his students and he says, have you heard about this recent phenomenon of honeybees vanishing? And he asks his students to offer why this might be happening. And one kid guesses disease, you know, one kid guesses pollution, another kid guesses global warming, and he's like, ah, but they, you know, it's happening all over the country at once. How could it be a disease? Or like, we ha- no one finds the bees' bodies. How can it be, you know, mass pollution or whatever? Mm-hmm. And he calls on this kid, Jake, who doesn't have any guesses, and Elliot says to him, you should be more interested in science, Jake. You know why? Because your face is perfect. <laughs> the problem is your face is perfect at 15. Now, if you were interested in science, you would know facts like the human nose and ears grow a fraction of an inch each year. So a perfect balance of features now might not look so perfect five years from now. It might look downright whack ten years from now. Allison, this has, I would argue, nothing to do with the film whatsoever. Why? Just like, why? Also, this (laughs) high school student, Jake, is played by a 30-year-old model. Yeah. So, like, he's good. He's made his role. He's fine. It worked. (laughs) And so... He asks again, Jake, just get, throw anything out. Why, what happened to the bees? And Jake says, 
an act of nature and will never fully understand it, which I just don't think scientists would agree with. You can't just chalk up something like about bees disappearing. Yes, we'll never know. So I was like, okay, well, we know by now, okay, what happened? However, I looked up colony collapse disorder, which is what they're talking about. And interestingly, so there was a time where beehives were essentially falling apart. Like the hierarchy wasn't holding and then like the swarms, the bees would disappear. And -hmm. nobody knows why. And the bees are dealing with a lot of stuff. Pesticides, climate change, habitat loss, malnutrition. But the thing is, the bees are doing better now. And they still don't really know why at the time this movie was made. And it's it was the they came up with the name Colony Collapse Disorder in 2006. Based on my okay. reading, they still don't know why it was what was going on. And eventually okay. I think that that doesn't mean we that. there's no explanation, but they right. don't as of yet have it. It probably it reading it, I thought, well, it's probably all these things, like a confluence right. of all these things. So right. you can't really pull out a different one. But I was very mad. I was gonna be like, we know why this happened. And I looked up, it's like, well, I guess uh, we really we don't. So I guess the point of it we want to say is like science and nature, just because science names something doesn't mean we can necessarily know why exactly it yeah. happened. Okay, um, got it. That being said, Spirit. I do feel like Elliot is going to be an end. Like if in real life, he's an anti-vaxxer by 2016. Like if you're Absolutely. telling your students like he's— that they're going to get old and ugly. And he says to Jake, you're right. In the end, science will come up with a reason and put it in the books. But in the end, it'll just be a theory. We fail to acknowledge that there are forces at work beyond our understanding. That's just not what science is. Science is we know that there's stuff beyond our understanding, and we're going to try to understand it. Yeah, this guy's not wearing a mask in a Trader Joe's, that's for sure. Oh, 100%. He's yelling, you know, with a perplexed look on his face. Yes. And so he tells Jake, and I was joking with you, you're going to be a heartthrob for the rest of your life. Like, you're gorgeous, you're going to be gorgeous forever. I feel like that was like Mark Wahlberg trying to, like, tell himself, like, his own reality. (laughs) I mean, I will say, having said all that mean stuff about his acting, he looks great. He looks great. And so does Zoe, Zoe's age, you know. Um, So they're all having this, like, wow, our teacher's, like, so cool and interesting. Unfortunately, the vice principal comes to to his room, pulls him out, and all the teachers are meeting in the auditorium, and, and the principal informs them there has been what is believed to be a terrorist attack in Central Park. We they think it's are they all of, in New York? As yes, yeah, so this is take we the see right now the well. schools okay. in New York. The school is pretty close to Central Park, and they the authorities are saying we think it's a chemical toxin that's been released in the park, which was kind of a big fear. I, you know, I mean, at this time period, like anthrax, yeah. like I feel like there was a lot of fears yeah, yeah, yeah. around like a chemical attack or that kind of thing. So. Uh, we're going to release all the students to go home. In my mind, I'm like, aren't you just releasing them into an airborne chemical event? I don't... Yeah, it feels like the school is the safest place to be. But Right. Rather than... Now you're going to go outside and be exposed to it. Anywho, I'm not in yeah. charge of this kind of thing. And the principal said there are three signs, three stages of this illness. The first stage is confused speech. The second is physical disorientation and loss of direction. And the third stage is fatal. But he's not saying what we have already seen, which is... By fatal, he means it makes you kill yourself. Yeah. Which is right. what we Not saw that like, oh, I do. dropped dead. It's like, I stabbed myself with a bad hair accessory. Exactly. And while we're there, we meet Elliot's good friend, the math teacher, John Leguizamo, who is great, and I think is like a great yeah. actor. So I'm like, okay, yeah. great. John Leguizamo's yeah, finally. like, you know. And again, I, I yeah, this is, everyone's doing the best they can. That's, right. that's I want to give them that. It's odd casting. That's all it is. Yes. So Elliot's like, that's really odd that it was in the park, which again, I don't think is odd at all. I think like that, if anything, makes sense. So there's a lot of people there, you know. 
And it's like, well, I'm sorry they didn't consult science before they did this horrible thing to people. Um, so the principal uh, says we're dis- dismissing everyone. And Elliot sort of reminds students of the rules of experimentation because he's like, okay, this weekend you still have to do your science report even though some sort of terrorist event has been going on. <laughs> Love that there's still homework. And there's a, there's a note written on the board that says, if the bee disappeared off the face of the globe, then man would only have four years left to live and the note is attributed to Albert Einstein. And I was like, I don't think Albert Einstein is the Albert Einstein of bees. Like, he knew a lot, but, like, why was, he, why was he talking about bees? Yeah, that doesn't seem like it's part of his world, you know? Yeah, Albert Einstein is the Einstein of two things. Physics, marrying your own cousin, okay? Yeah. And that's all you get. Hair. Having yeah. amazing hair. Yes, having wild hair. Um, so Julian says, okay, so just so you know, my mom lives in Philadelphia. She's freaking out. She's saying, please come and stay with me. Get out of the city. So Julian is going to um, pick up his wife and daughter, and they're going to go and catch a train to Philadelphia. And he says, would you want to go stay with us? And Elliot's like, yeah, let me call my wife. We're kind of like, I don't know, we're fighting. Like something's going on in my marriage. And Julian's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I remember on your wedding day, I walked in on your wife in her wedding dress, and she was sobbing, and I knew that she wasn't ready to leap in, you know? And it's like, first of all, I think you have one day to tell your friend that, and that day is on your wedding day. Right. If you see that on their way day and you don't bring it up, if you don't march over and say, I just have to give you this information, you don't bring it up, and you certainly don't bring it up during a terrorist event. No, you're not like, by the way, don't think your wife is super into things. Um, hope we don't die. Like, that's just not right. How this like, works. that's not, that's not a friendship. Good... That's not good. Yeah. Okay. So, my question to you, Allison, if you walked in on Dave on our, on our wedding day in his beautiful big and his ball gown, in his wedding dress, <laughs> yeah. crying, do you think you would tell me? I think if I had enough context to know he wasn't just like overly emotional and yes. accept, like I would need to know that it was like actually not because like I would like I feel like if I got married there's a world where like I would just like cry right before because like my reaction to any swell of emotion is to just break down into tears. Hundred percent. Also, positive. like I was like, how do you know it's about the marriage and not like something in her family? Right. Like, right? Like, are my really dad intense. Be here. That's devastating. Yeah. Like, there's some He's family to, yeah. fighting. You know? I, yeah. I wouldn't just be like, ah, oh, she's a bad wife and she's yeah. she's gonna leave you or think, whatever. I don't think I would jump to uh, she's not ready to get married to you and live for uh, however many years with that piece of information stored in the recesses of my brain and wait for a terrorist attack to tell you about it. Exactly. Um, and Elliot's like, okay, well, I uh, here we are, you know. But Elliot said, yeah, I'm going to go get Alma and we're going to meet you at the train station. We'll go with you and we'll stay with your mom. Because they're like, well, it's the weekend. We'll just get out of town with you, you know. So... Um, back at their house, Alma, played by Zoe Chanel, she's watching the news, and she keeps getting a call from someone named Joey. So we're like, okay, so they're fighting in the relationship. She's getting calls okay. from this guy. She's having an affair. Elliot yeah. walks in. She kind of hides her, her phone. And we hear on the news that they're thinking that the airborne toxin blocks the signals in your brain that control your self-preservation instinct and throws it in reverse. So essentially, the chemicals hijacking our desire to preserve ourselves and then forcing us to kill ourselves. Kill ourselves. And right. yeah, and almost like, what kind of terrorists are these? Like, just when you thought there couldn't be any more evil that could be invented. And Elliot's like, okay, I need two minutes to pack. And so they're running around and uh, he puts on, while he's packing, he puts on Allison a mood ring. Oh. Because apparently he wears a mood ring, I guess not during the day, 
Meanwhile, well, he's a man of science, so exactly. he needs to present as one. And to be care- fair, if I was in high school and I saw my teacher wearing a mood ring, I would never stop clowning them. That would be like the would, whole thing that we knew about them. I would them. never take a test. I'd be like, you wear a mood ring. Like, it's like you, you don't you have ask, any authority. Why do you ask your ring how you feel about me yeah. taking this test? Yeah, what's my grade? Ask the ring. Is it purple? <laughs> So they end up, they uh, meet up with Julian at the train station. His his wife, Yvette, got stuck in traffic, so she's going to take the next train. So okay. he is, Julian is there with his daughter, Jess, who's eight years old, and the cutest little girl. She's obviously very freaked out. Her mom's not there. So she's kind of dead silent and, and will only whisper to her dad. So she's like a little a, a sweetheart who's unfortunately going to go through absolute hell yeah, um, for the next uh, hour and a half. Um and Julian is like super awkward and weird with Alma, and he, and he says to her, "I'm I'm really glad you decided to come." It's like again, there's some sort of tragedy that we understand at this point to be a terrorist attack. Don't be a bitch. Yeah, it, like, now is not the time. And so Alma's like, oh, "Can I talk to you?" And pulls Elliot aside. It's like, did you tell him that we were fighting? Like, why would you do this? He's like, "Oh no, he guessed." And they have this whole fight, and she says. On the train, I'm going to sit by myself. We're not going to be able to get seats together anyways because they're waiting. And it's someone who, who lived in New York. When they call the train, you are getting oh. on the train. It is a mad dash to go from, like, when all of a sudden they're, like, track 13E and, like, everybody runs and tries to go down one single file escalator. And I will have to say it is one of the worst uh, train systems in yeah. That I've ever ridden. We're not going to hash out like our marriage. Like, no, we're going to get in there. We have to hash yeah. out. We'll hash out on the train. You know. Yeah, I sit there and I stare at that board until something says where to go, and then I dash over there as fast exactly. as I can. Exactly. So they get on uh, the train. Unfortunately, we then cut to Rittenhouse Park in Philadelphia. Allison. Okay. People are having fun. There's a cop chatting with a cabbie. You know, people are walking their dogs. Suddenly, we see the wind blow through the trees, and everyone on the sidewalk freezes. And the cabbie ta- or the cop takes out his gun and shoots himself in the head. Oh, falls okay. to the ground, drops the gun. The cabbie then gets out of the cab, picks up the gun, shoots himself in the head, drops the gun, and then we see a woman's legs as she pivots off the sidewalk to go and to pick up the gun to shoot herself in the head. So whatever this thing is, it is also now in Philadelphia, which is okay. where they're going. Great. So we are going, you know, out of the frying pan and into the fire, unfortunately. On the train, Alma calls Joey and he tells him, you've got to stop calling me. You're acting like the fatal attraction guy. We ate tiramisu together. That is it. But <laughs> Joey is not calling to tell her that he wants to be with her or whatever. He's right. telling her that the um, the event, the happening, has okay. just happened in Boston too. So he's not even calling about Philadelphia, which is where they're going. Right. It's happening all it's over happening the everywhere. East Coast. So, obviously, everyone's freaking out. Julian's wife is saying, like, I'm not going to wait for the train. I'm just going to get on a bus. I'm going to Princeton, New Jersey, and then I'll figure it out from there. Like, I'm just going to keep right. going west, which is what everyone seems to be like. Just keep going west if this is happening all and yeah. up the, the seaboard. So, everyone on the train is, like, freaking out, like, texting, like, trying to get people on the phone. And they are pull, they pull into Filbert, Nowheresville, Pennsylvania, eastern Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. The train is—they force everyone off the train— and they're like, we're not going further than this. And Elliot is enraged and, it, you know, he stomps over to the conductors. Right. And he's like, what's going on? Tell us. It's like, it's like, sir, we lost contact. And Elliot said, with whom? And one of the conductors says, with everyone. Now, Allison, I got to ask you at this point of the film, what would you do? What would you do? I mean, I would get off that train. Yeah. I would grab my stuff and I would just like, I assume they're in, like, a town. Yeah, it's a small town, but, like, they're still, like, 
establishments. Yeah. Right. So, like, go to the nearest, like, business and, like, call and find, like, where can I get a car? Yes. And just, like, get in a car and drive it and just keep driving. Yeah, where's the closest uh, enterprise rent-a-car or Hertz? Yeah, yeah, find me Absolutely. an enterprise. Get me a Hertz. Get me a budget, you know? At this point, I would call Lyft. And it's like, if I have to pay $200 yeah. for you to drive me, you know, just I mean, drive me west. Just keep going. Yeah, tw- drop me off 20 minutes in. You know, like, this seems like something I'm, I'm going to throw money at, you know? Yes, me too. This is where this is where you just say fuck it and and put it on your credit card. Yeah. You're never paying that bill. You're all going to die. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if they can find my body, they can, you yeah, know. Fine. Yeah. Bill my capital estate. one can go nuts. Uh. Um, so, but Ellie is reassuring them, like, we're in a small town. Like, there's no way these terrorists are going to target this, like, nowheresville, Pennsylvania. So everyone crowds mm-hmm. in the nearest diner. They're, like, using the bathroom and, like, you know, just ordering food. So it's, like, a mass of people at this little tiny place because there's really nowhere else to be. And so they're all right. watching the news. And uh, Jess, obviously— the child is incredibly freaked out because now they're separated from their mother and the mother's plans really change really fast. So they don't know where, when they're going to see her mother next. Mm-hmm. And um, to calm her, Elliot tells Jess about his mood ring. And oh, he good. says some things I just That's don't calming. think. I just don't think they're supported by science. Again, I tried to Google this. I'm not saying I don't believe in auras. I'm just saying I don't know if science has uh, confirmed that they exist. Yeah. I don't um, have enough information to feel that they exist. Right. I'm fine if they exist. He tells Jess, you know that everyone gives off energy, right? Again, I, she's eight. I don't know why she would know that yeah, yet. What, she's like, oh, yeah, I know energies. Um, Yeah, I'm, I take science. Um, he says, it's scientifically proven. They've got these cameras. It can record what color you are when you're feeling different things. People that are angry give off a different color than people that are sad. And then he puts on the mood ring and it says, oh, you know, it looks like you, the colors, uh, that's the color when you're about to laugh. And he sort of like acts goofy until she laughs. And I looked it up, and I did not find any evidence that science has proven the success. Or the, if anything, it's different because like we're not talking about that. We're talking about mood rings. But right. interestingly, those are two different, not sciences. Interestingly, I did find something that says like people who see auras might have synesthesia, which like other oh, people yes. have, where it's like you can like see the color of music or you can like smell yes. mathematical smell, equations. Yeah, your your senses are like interconnected and have like. Yeah, Which so, I I believe that. Yeah, like that's and again, that's something where science has explained it. So it's like, well, science can't explain everything. Well, this makes sense to me as a, a potential explanation for people who can see auras. That makes sense. Yes. Yes. Um, but he mood cheers rings, her up. Whole different mood. Thing. Yeah, mood ring. It's just because if your hand's hot or not. Right. 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 I don't yeah. know the science. You know, I don't know also, the science. Also, you don't you don't buy them at a hospital. You buy them at a hot topic. Like they're not. It's not <laughs> right. like they're like you get, you get it in a sale. gumball machine at your dentist or whatever. Your children's dentist. Like this is not <laughs> your dentist is not letting you have gum. No, no. I was imagining like at your when you're like a oh, kid. Like that. Oh my, my dentist yeah, said. But, also, did I ever tell you that I tried to go to my childhood dentist till I was like thirty? Did I tell you this? <laughs> And it was, like, basically, like, Ross from Friends where you still see his pediatrician. And then finally yes. I call. I, I think I was 29, and I called. And they, the woman's like, oh, hang on a second. Oh, she said, oh, like, um, how old is your how old is your child? And I was like, oh, no, it's for me. And then she came back on after a minute. She's like, you know, I talked to the dentist, and I think he he thinks it would be better if you got a new dentist. And I'm like, that's not him for seeing me after 18. That's, he led me right. on, you know? Right. He let this go. He's the one who let this spiral out of control. Right. I'm just kidding. I was humiliated. I was like, yes, of course. Good, good day. <laughs> of course, it's super embarrassing. Um, so back at the diner, literally, they're having this sweet moment. Jess is, like, smiling, like, happy for one second. And this woman turns and shows Elliot a video on her phone, and it's a zookeeper walking into a lion's den and being torn limb from limb. No. And it's just like, don't what? Like, there's a kid right there. She can see it, you know? 
And so everyone's just kind of loitering, loitering at the diner, and the diner owner turns on the news and he yells, I, they don't think it's terrorists anymore. And so they turn it on, and, and an anchor is explaining that they don't think it could be terrorists because it's happening everywhere in the Northeast, and it's pushing its way into Pennsylvania. So this is not an isolated incident by any means. Suddenly, the power goes out. No. Which, you know, some guy stands up and says, if we stay here, we die. They said it's not happening about 90 miles from here. We just have to tell our story walking. Everyone just has to keep moving west. And I was like... I don't know. I mean, but... Yes, I, but no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I if, I hope you can find a car because, like, I'm not walking 90 miles. You know, like, no, if I have to walk 90 I miles, am. I'm going to pull an Allison and just sort yeah, of remove myself from the situation. Yourself. Yeah. Um, but also, walk, it feels like it's in the air. Like, it doesn't feel like... Like, it feels like a car is, like, actually protecting you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't want to be outside. If this is Because everyone right. who's affected has been outside. So in a very funny scene, they, like, go outside and try to get a ride with one of the townies that's also in the diner. Literally everyone, both that was living in this town and on the train, apparently is able to get into a car and drive away. They are the last people there. I was like, so oh, everyone was able to hitch a ride except for them. Like, they have a child. Yeah. Somebody would have asked them. Yeah. So luckily, a nursery owner and his wife stop, and they said, okay, we're going to stop at our nursery and pick up some stuff, and then we're going to keep driving, but you could ride with us. Okay. Julian decides that he he cannot get in touch with a vet, phone or email, text, and there's another car that's headed back to Jersey to pick up some friends. He says, I'm going to meet her in Princeton. I'm going to go look for her. So could you okay. take care of Jess? I just think he going back east is not an option, and Elliot says... I don't know if this is a great idea, and but yeah. Julia says, I have to do it. Like, I have to go look for her. Again, if this okay. is me, Dave, I'm telling you now, do not come back. Yeah. I will either be alive or I won't be. But either way, you right. could die. Like, if this thing is right. still going westward, it's not right. worth it. Um, but Julian's like, no, we're all going to be fine. But when Elma goes to take Jess's hand, Julian says to her in, a, like, a really mean voice, like, don't you take my daughter's hand unless you mean it. And it's like, even if Alma was having, like, a full-blown affair, that doesn't apply to this situation. No. Also, well, you asked her to take her. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But again, that's, I mean, that's the writing. You know, what can you do? No, and so, um, you know, and I'm like, honestly, you could always get a different wife. I mean, like, I, I hate yeah. to be this terrible, but like, you know, but unfortunately your daughter cannot get new parents, you know, yes. like. Yes, right. Um, so they, Jess regrettably, you know, she's dead silent and stays with Elliot and Alma, not obviously not happy about it. But luckily, the nursery couple take them to their house. And the husband's like, oh, we're going to pack up some food. You guys like hot dogs? Hot dogs are really underrated. Like, they're full of protein. Also, I think I know what's causing these mass suicides. It's the plants. Okay. And they're like, "Uh, okay. And then he proceeds to tell us that plants can react to human stimulus and release chemicals. And they're like, okay. But there's, like, no way for them to test it. Allison, that's when we find out it's plants. Wait, so the plants are all releasing chemicals into yes. the air that trick our brains into into killing us. Yes. What? Yeah. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into more theories about why this okay. is happening. But okay, it, okay. But when that's he says what's it's the plants, we, we understand now it's the plants. Okay. So, unfortunately, while they're packing up at this couple's house, we see Julian's Jeep has already gotten to Princeton. They're playing a little fast and loose with the timeline. That's right. fine. Sure. Unfortunately, right. as they roll into Princeton, there's like a landscaping crew, and they look up, and the landscaping crew has hung themselves from the trees over the road. And that's the thing about this movie is like, 
this the deaths are genuinely horrifying and scary. Yes. Yes. And um there the, the somebody in the car starts screaming and Julia's Julian's trying to calm her down by telling her a math riddle. And no, he's like no, math doesn't calm anyone down. So Allison, I'm gonna ask you the math riddle. Okay. So okay. how much money would you have if I said I would pay you a penny on the first day and then two pennies on the second and then four pennies on the third day and it just kept doubling it every day for a month? How much money would I have? Or would you have a I month guess? being thirty days? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Just throw a guess at like um like a million over ten million dollars. Oh wow! Now did I look that up? No, so I'm just going to take their their yeah. Word no, for that's it. I believe you. Uh, all right, that's that's you know I don't know if that's a riddle. It's kind of more just like a word problem. Fun fact, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, while she's trying to think of the answer and she's guessing like ten twenty dollars, you know. They look up and they're in a Jeep. This is why you should never own a Jeep. There is a cut in the roof of the fabric roof of the Jeep where no, the you need wind a car is getting that's in. Re- actually enclosed. Yes. And the next thing we see, we see the Jeep from the outside and it is stops dead in the middle of the road and then it speeds up and it slams into a tree, throwing the driver and the passenger yes. one of the passengers out. Julian survives. Unfortunately, he then gets out and he sits in the middle of the road and he picks up a broken piece of glass from the wreck and just starts. <sighs> Cutting into his arms. Yeah. Next thing you know, we're back with the nursery couple in the car. Right. They're driving westward. You know, and now the radio's like, and luckily the radio's still there. They could actually get news. Yeah. And they're like, now they think it might be water contamination. Like maybe it's been released in the water and that's why it's affecting this bigger area. They don't have any idea. And so Elliot has a map and they're driving through a little town called Hokum and then they're going to get on the highway and get over the state line, which I thought was weird. He had a map because like those, that couple's from there. But like either way, yeah. he has a map. Unfortunately, okay. as they drive to the highway, the, there are dead bodies covering the road, like a dozen or more dead bodies. So they can't drive over it. They turn mm-hmm. around, they drive back and they run into a, not physically, but they encounter a Humvee with okay. a military private uh, play, Jeremy Strong, who I believe is from Succession. Aww. And he is a, he's playing um, a private, and he is very distraught, and he's like, don't go back the way I was coming from, because I tried to go back to the military base like when this all started happening, and then I, from the outside, all this military personnel are just caught in the barbed wire. Oh so my I guess God. that they, These you know, deaths are horrifying. Creative. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're stopped at like a four-way intersection, Two cars come from the other two directions, and they are also like there's just bodies, like it's happening everywhere. Yeah. So okay. then there's like everyone's maybe like a couple, like a two dozen people are stopped in the road. Like, well, what the fuck are we do? Like, if every direction right. people are dying, what are we? Where supposed do we to do? go? Um, and unfortunately, now that we they can't reach Julian on his phone because he's dead, you oh know. And Elliot noticed that Alma's got a ton of calls from this Joey person, but she kind of brushes it off. And I do agree, like, get into it later. You know, like, if yeah, you're having an emotional not the fair, time to be yeah. like, who's calling you? Yeah. And um, this woman, uh, they're all kind of crowded around. This woman's able to get her her um, daughter on the phone who lives in Princeton. So Elliot's like, oh, how are things in Princeton? And the woman says, well, um, my daughter says everyone's dead outside. And <laughs> then the daughter starts to, like, talk funny, which we know is the sign of her being affected. Yes. And she's say, she's saying, like, I can see in calculus. Then Elliot suddenly says, what do you mean everyone's dead? And I'm like, what is this movie? Like, what is this character where it's like, is he supposed to be dumb? Like, why are we ahead of him? That's a very unusual thing, especially in a horror movie. And especially, like, if his job is science teacher. Like, he's not, like, 
local idiot. <laughs> right, like it's like everyone in the uh, crowd already reacted. They got right. it. Right. Why didn't he get it, you know? No, that's a, that's worrisome. And um, and so the woman puts her daughter on speakerphone and she's just saying calculus, calculus. And then we hear the daughter running and throwing herself through the window. Oh, and God. the mother is sobbing. And Elian takes the phone and he says, I hear wind, I hear wind from outside. Like, yeah, man, we just yeah. heard her throw herself through the window. Of we course. know what's going on. Wait, we're we should not be ahead of you. You know, we should no. be right there with you. Yeah, you know? Right. So, you know, everyone's trying to console this woman. Obviously, they can't. And also now Julian, or now that now we know that Julian is dead. You know, if he's not dead now, he will if be. If that's soon. what's happening in Princeton, like that's what's happening. Yeah. And and Jess and Elliot have like a, a sweet moment where he's like comforting her and she's like whispering in his ears. But I'm like, this girl is gonna, she's gonna need years, decades of therapy in order to deal with. Bo- both yeah. of her parents, because like also if her mother made it to Princeton, her mother's also right. dead. You know? Also dead, yeah. Um, so Alma puts uh, Jess asleep in the car, and they're all sort of like, okay, what are we, you know, like she says to the nursery couple, if you think it's the plants, what is happening, you know? And the nursery guy's like, well, you know, plants have the ability to target specific threats. So like when tobacco plants are infected with uh, caterpillars, they put out a chemical to attract wasps to kill the caterpillars. So, like, is that real? Apparently, yes. And right. yeah, so it's like plants are very sophisticated. They're not like sentient yes. the way we we are. But and, he, and Alma says if they can theory, protect themselves. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, okay, if this theory is true, like, what plants do you think are doing it? And and the nursery husband says that plants have the ability to communicate with other spe- species of plants. So ostensibly, any and all species of plants can all be doing plants? this. In which case, okay. it's like, well, then we're fucked, you know? Yeah, like, if that's the there's case. there's plants everywhere. So Elliot's talking to the private, and they're like, okay, what we're going to have to do is just everyone get off the road, and we're just going to walk into this nearby county, which is very sparsely populated, and be like, if... Because they're like, maybe it's still terrorism. We, You know, not everyone's on board with the plant thing. So right, they're like, right. if we're just off the roads and we are in a rural area, the likelihood that we will be targeted and found is very low, you know? So okay. they break into two groups, and it's basically the first group who's ready to go right then. So Alma, um, uh, Elliot, and Jess, they're in the first group. It's like 10 people. They just start walking through a field to get off the road. The oh, nursery no. couple stayed behind to, like, get their stuff from their car. So they're in the slightly bigger group. Um, unfortunately, while they're in this field, the larger group suddenly stops. Private, The private is screaming. Kendall Roy, yeah. Kendall Roy is screaming, my firearm is my friend. Firearm is my friend. And the nursery couple sort of realizes what's happening. And they okay. and the nursery husband takes his wife's hand. Over in the smaller group, which is like a little while farther ahead, they just hear mm-hmm. gunshots. So we don't see mm-hmm. any of it. But you know the private killed himself, and then everyone's just taking and then his gun. Everybody yeah. killed themselves. And they're like, what should we do? And they're screaming, and they're all like, Elliot, what we should, what should we do? Like they're screaming and asking Elliot. It's like he's very easily overwhelmed. And he's yes. saying, like, just give me a moment to think. I'm like, there's it's like, like a, he needs an hour. There's <sighs> like three or four other adults in this group. Like, you don't yes. have to turn to this guy just because it's Mark Wahlberg, you know? Right. In fact, that should be evidence that you shouldn't turn to him for answers. Well, like if you're in a, this maybe this is a good example. Like if you're in a crisis and Mark Wahlberg happens to be there, you don't have to put that all on him. You could for no. yourself say, yeah. okay, so what are we doing? Right. Um, and they're all like, oh, oh no. And Ellie says, is it the toxin? Is the toxin affecting him? It's like, man, what else would it be? We're what hearing are wild gunshots. Yeah, like Catch of course up, it man. is. There's only one thing. We've not had anything introduced to make us be like, right. ah, maybe it's something else. It might be this. Yeah. Right, it might be a serial killer. No, it's just this, the happening. 
it's just the happening and it's happening. Um, and, and it's everything is really off in this movie in that way that's really hard to describe mm-hmm. where it's like, man, what else would it be? You've given me no yeah. other thing to think it is. I don't know. So everyone's freaking out and literally Elliot is screaming, give me a second. Why can't anyone give me a goddamn second? Like he literally can't think, you know? Right. And he's melting down and he starts whispering the steps of a scientific experiment to himself, which is also bizarre because like, what are you using? And he says, what if it is the plants? And it's like, well, we already know what it's if the plants. It is. And like, yeah, we the guy already said it and Alma already asked him about it. We've already seen two moments where somebody said it is the plants. And now you're yes. like, well, if it is the plants, well, then what, what are we going to do? Yeah, either way, we need solutions, buddy, not more questions. If if so, if so, this, then what else? Then that, yeah. So right. luckily then Elliot comes up with an idea and I gave him that. Thank he God. says we have to scatter. So like if this is targeting groups of people, then we got to disperse into the smallest groups we can, which is a great idea. Yes. So they all start running like through this field, they're sort of separating. And he says, all we have to do, we have to just stay ahead of the wind. Allison, they have to outrun the Out, wind. Outrun the wind. Just stay ahead of the wind forever. Right. So I guess we're thinking like the wind is blowing the chemicals from the plants. Like the plants can't like spray them out like spores. They have to like have the right. wind carry it. But like, I, uh, I don't know. I just don't think that's how wind works. I don't think I don't that a human so could outrun either. the wind. Or no. At least some winds. I don't know. So they're right. all and like, running. where does it start? Like where? Like you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where you need to go. Like it's not like. Yeah. Luckily, Allison, the wind sweeps over them. It was just the regular wind, and they oh. survive. Okay. And Elian says, so it was the size of the groups. Could this really be happening? So from now on, I'm just going to be referring to this thing as the happening. Yes. Uh, because he has two lives where he refers to it happening. Right? That was fun. So we are now in a group where it is um, Elliot, Jess, and Alma, and they have two teenage boys who've ended up with them, who I feel really bad for, because I'm like, what are these poor boys? They didn't know what they were getting into. No. And it's they Jared and Josh, and they're kind of like a little, um, you know, like comedic relief, you know? And they end up uh, at a house, but it's just a, uh, like, you know, like an arrested development, like a show house in a development. Yeah, yeah a model home. So all the food is plastic, and they just stop oh, and they yeah. use the bathroom. And I'm like, would the bathroom be set up? But I guess it is. It so doesn't matter. It's like set up enough. Yeah. And know. so they go in. They're they just have like a there. moment where they're like, yeah. okay, we're going to— But we're, their plan is they're going to keep going into this rural area and keep mm-hmm. going and just getting as far away from anybody, you know. And while they're there, uh, Alma takes Jess to go to the bathroom, and Elliot is in the study of this room— and he sees a potted tree, and it is rustling. And Allison, he starts talking to it. He says, oh. hello, my name is Elliot Moore. I'm just going to talk in a very positive manner, giving off good vibes. We're just here to use the bathroom. I hope that's okay. Then he realizes the plant is no. plastic, and it's just rustling because, okay. like, the air conditioning is on or something. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. So there are funny moments, and in those moments, Mark Wahlberg is funny. Like, it's like, that's That's why, that makes sense. That's a good space for him. Um, And so they go and get uh, Josh and Jared, and they're like, okay, we just have to, you know, keep going. And Josh says to Elliot, why is this happening? And Elliot says, I don't know for sure, Josh, but I've read this article about the coast of Australia where they found large quantities of primordial bacteria. It hasn't been around for billions of years. It appeared in the water. It's toxic to humans. Fishermen who come into contact with it are dying. It feels similar to the bees dying. I don't know. It feels like a pattern. The pattern is climate change. Okay. This is a movie, but it's bizarre how they don't just say all of these things are climate change. 
Right. It's like, what's right. the pattern? The it's the hmm. big pattern. And maybe yeah. it was just it's global like global warming. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're calling it global warming. Now obviously we more likely to refer to it as climate change. Yeah. But it's interesting where it's like you've made a movie about climate change and you somebody at the beginning suggests the bees were global warming, but then at no other point does somebody use that term. And I think that's an interesting weird, it's a weird choice. I guess because maybe they thought like, oh, it's too obvious or like that's not scary, but it's obviously so scary that like none I know, of us it's like actually around. scarier than anything else that we are t- confronted with right now. Yeah. So Elliot says, luckily, the nature of events like the Australian bacteria is that they crest and then they drop off and they stop. We just have to be alive when they when it's over. Obviously, I don't know how we know this about this particular happening, but we're going to assume that it's true. Okay. So as they trundle out into this, uh, you know, out into this rural area. Um, next, you know, Josh and Jared are sort of grilling Ellie about why he doesn't have kids. And they're like, you have to really like take responsibility, which again is a comedic moment, but like we have to have a little bit of, of scare, you know. Yeah. And um, they find a radio like a that's like tied to a fence somewhere, like a horse fence, and they turn it on. And it says everyone in the Northeast should travel west. Like the military is um, yes. assembling a barrier that's on the western part of Pennsylvania, which is luckily they were already doing. But so okay. they're like, okay, we're doing the right thing. We're just going to keep going west. Yes. Um, and Alma says like- Barrier. Uh, yeah, I'm, God knows I what mean, that means. Right, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I would say, I would say like the military, who knows what they're doing to people when they get there, you know? Right. Um, and so Jess says, or Alma says, Jess needs to take a little break. And he said, okay, well, we'll go somewhere um, to this house. We'll see if they'll let us take a break and use their bathroom and get some food because we don't have anything on us. Like, and we have an eight-year-old girl, you know? Finally- Alma tells Elliot that she had tiramisu with this guy Joey from work. That's it. They did okay. not sleep together. They only went out once, but she feels really guilty. And she says to him, I just wanted you to know, you to know in case we're going to die. And okay. Elliot says to her, well, I just want you to know that I was at the pharmacy and I was met a very attractive pharmacist and I asked her where the cough syrup was and I didn't even have a cough. And I almost bought it. I almost bought a completely superfluous bottle of cough syrup. And Alma said, are you joking? And he says, yes. And she says, thank you. So I guess to be like, I thank you for understanding that right. like I just made some dumb mistake. Yeah, and that this isn't like super serious or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but also, okay. Unfortunately, they then arrive at a house and they are knocking on the door, and the person's like, "Don't bring that toxic gas in here." The whole house is boarded up. So okay. Elliot and almost like, "Okay, great, we'll just keep walking. Sorry, yep. we didn't even bother you." Jared and Josh, because they're teenage boys, are like, "You let us in, you pussy. We got a, we had an eight year old girl out here, and you're 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 ruining this. And like, we you know, open up, you bitch." The person they're not wrong, but yeah. yeah, the person opens the door, puts a shotgun out, kills Josh and Jared in cold blood. What shoots uh, shoots one of them through the chest and then just wastes Jared, shoots Jared in the head. And Ellie and Ella run over to them, but there's nothing they can do. So not only has both of her parents died terribly, now Jess, who is eight, had to watch two teenage boys be brutally murdered. But I'm like, I guess this is America. So it's like, that's exactly what would happen. Or it's like- That is absolutely what would happen. Yeah, and it's horrible to watch. And you're like, but th- that's exactly like what somebody would do is just completely go crazy and be like, okay, I'm just going to totally. use my gun. And be like, oh, I'm thank afraid. God I have all these guns. Yeah. So, Allison, I have to ask you at this point in the film, who will survive? Who will survive? I mean, I want to, ho- I hope that Elliot, Alma, and Jess all survive. Okay. To the well, end. And those are the only people we have left, so. Yeah, I think, like, they have to. Yeah. 
That's my thought. Next thing you know, we're in a living room watching a news report, and they're saying, if anyone has yet to flee the Northeast, um, they're assuming everyone who hasn't shown up is either dead or is just, like, hunkering down. Because yes. the bear, like the the border they're setting up, has not received anyone in a couple hours. So they're like, okay, we don't know how many people are dead. We don't know how many people are hold up. And we pan out, and the people watching us are two old ladies who have gas masks. Again, it's fun. Not That's scary. fun. Yeah. So we also on the news we watch Professor Kendall Wallace from Carnegie Mellon, and he says, well, based on the rising intensity of the happening, we can guess at a crude timetable, and we think that the attacks will be worse at nine a.m. tomorrow morning. And I'm like, okay. how do we know that? What? What? Uh, what? Why would are we you think this? That what do we? Yeah. We're it's something that has never happened before, um, right? You're like, oh, based on our findings, what findings? Like, all you know is people are killing themselves. You're not even saying what it is in the police right. report. Yeah, you're not even saying right. plants on TV. Right. Um, but he says usually with crests like this, they drop off. So ostensibly, if they could survive past nine a.m. They will live. Again, okay. there's no way to know no this. No reason to believe that. Exactly. So they're finally, they arrive in Arendelle, Pennsylvania, out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and they find a house without power. But there is laundry in the line, and so Elliot goes and knocks, and he finds a woman, Mrs. Jones, the owner of the house, played by Betty Buckley, and she's on a rocking chair, and she has what I believe to one of the more iconic lines in horror movies, because it is so perfectly delivered. She's sipping lemonade, and she turns to Elliot, and she says, why you are in my lemon drink? And says it with such venom in, in a movie where it's just like we Perfect. haven't had like this like kind of scary character before, yeah. and and Elliot's like, oh no, I, I wasn't eyeing it. It's just like it's 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 like a perfect horror movie moment. Yeah, because there hasn't really been like a villain. Yeah, present like somebody who's like presenting evil or, like, anything like that. And I feel like M. Night Shyamalan is really good at, like, suddenly there's, like, a terrifying person with unknown motivations. For example, mm-hmm. in Sixth Sense, where, you know, we find out the the one ghost girl uh, was poisoned by her stepmother. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't know anything about that character, but that is the most terrifying thing I could possibly imagine. Yes. So he's yes, really good at, like, exactly. all of a sudden, this woman, like, you know, and she ends up inviting them in, but you don't know what her deal is and you don't know like what her motivations are. She tells right. them that she does not have a radio or TV or the internet and they're about to tell her about the happening and she says, I don't want to know. I do not need to know. I mean, I respect her. Yeah. And she a says, I guess I have to offer you like city slicker pieces of shit dinner and I have to let you <laughs> assholes stay here. Like she's like mean and tense. Present. Yeah. But also she fun. is like inviting them in. So it's like this right. weird, awkward, you know, dinner. And she says to them, while they're all having dinner, she goes, so what's with you two? And like, ask you about the relationship, <laughs> which is fun. I love asking questions like that, where it's just like, what's with this? Yeah, who's, so now you're trapped in my house. What's, what is this? And he says, the, yeah, define it. She said, who's chasing who? Truth is, someone's always chasing someone. That's the way we're built. And Elliot raises his hand, and they're like, ha ha. Oh, but then Jess that's... reaches to get a cookie, and Mrs. Jones just slaps her hand really hard, and they're like, oh, Why? no. Like, it's unclear, like, is she unhinged, you know? Um, right. And I also, my question is logistically, like, how far apart do you have to be from other humans in order to count as two different groups? Because she has them staying uh, upstairs in the guest room, and she's downstairs, right. so I'm like, would the happening, would the plants know that they are not together? Or, like, would the plants, like, well, they're with at a football field, so I'm going to group them? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, more than six feet? I don't, you know. <laughs> so they're kind of, like, playing, like, what do we do? And then they hear Creek mm-hmm. and Elliot goes in the hall, and Mrs. Jones is in her nightgown, and they have this incredible exchange. She's like, I hear you whispering. 
planning on stealing something? No, ma'am, we're not. Plan on murdering me in my sleep? What? No. And the only way I could describe his acting is like, do you know how like on Mr. Ed, they would put peanut butter in the horse's mouth to make it mm-hmm. move its lips? Yes. Mark yes. Wahlberg in that moment is from the Yale mouth full of peanut butter school yes, of acting. school of acting. Where it's like, man, I don't know if you were in front of a green screen. It's like you're not even right. interacting with other people in a horror movie. It's wild. <laughs> Anywho, in the morning, they wake up, and Alma and Jess are out playing. Again, why would you go outside? I don't know. Right, I, that's insane. And Elliot's looking for her, and she fi- he finds this weird, creepy doll in Mrs. Jones's bedroom, and she leaps out of nowhere, because she's like, I knew you were going to try to steal my shit, as if you would try to steal, like, a giant a doll? A- antique doll. She's like, get out of my house, and, he, and she's screaming at him, and he's like, no, ma'am, I, I wasn't doing that. I, yeah, let me just explain why we're here, what's going on. And she storms out to the garden, and he's, like, following her, but before he can get there, he sees her stop dead. Oh, and then no. she starts to walk backward, and he's like, oh, shit, it's the happening is happening. It's happening. And he runs inside, and he slams the door. But then mom is like, houses aren't airproof. Like, they're not Yeah, airtight. they're not. Yeah, it's not the biodome. Like, you're not. So yeah. the logistics of this don't make sense. I will, <laughs> it is what it is. And he's slamming the doors. And as he, he's doing that, he could hear Mrs. Jones slamming her head on the side of the house oh to my kill God. herself. And then finally she gets, she's just going around the house and finally gets to a window, just smashes her head through the window. So now the window's destroyed. And she keeps going in the house and then she smashes it through another window, trying to cause so much head yes. trauma that she dies. That she dies. Ellie is looking for Alma and Jesse can't find them. And he, he realizes that they're in. There's a spring house behind the house, and Mrs. Jones has told us that it was used by the Underground Railroad. So as a result, like you know, people would sort of be kept there as okay. they're being, um, you know, sent further up north. And uh, so there is an underground tube between the house and the spring house, where you could talk to each other, and it sounds like you're in the room. My okay. belief is that M. Night Shyamalan heard about this or found this phenomenon was like, I'm going to write a movie where someone has to use this because it yes, doesn't I really make any sense. Reverse engineer the entire film just so I can use this one thing. Yeah. And so he runs in and he realizes that Alma and Jess are playing in the spring house. They like found a frog. And he's like, shut the door and shut the windows. And, and they, they board up, but they're able to speak through the tube. And okay. they both, like, apologize, and they're like, I love you, and I'm sorry. And, you know, she they talk about how on their first date, he he won her the mood ring, like, at the fair or whatever. Okay. And it turned pur- purple, and you said it meant I was in love, but then we looked it up on the paper, and it said that I was horny. And Alma says to him, okay. what color was love? But Allison, neither of them remember. The end. No, I'm kidding. That would have been a better oh ending. God. I mean, on, a little poetic, at least. Yeah, and he's like, no, fuck it. If we're going to die, I'm going to come be with you. And it's like, okay, but, like, what that means is, like, you're going to, like, crush your skull in front of her. Like, it's not like, like, we're going right. to be together as, like, a nuclear bomb goes and off and we're immediately as, killed. This yes. is going to be, like, we are going to, like, horribly Violently die. Yeah, murder, yeah, ourselves. So they, he walks out and they decide they're going to come out again. Like, that means a child's going to have to kill herself. It's, like, a horrible, like, everything that it implies is horrible. And they walk out from the spring house and the house. And they walk together and he takes her hand. And what do you know it, Allison? But the happening isn't happening anymore. They're fine. And oh. that sucks because that means Mrs. Jones almost survived. So close. And she would have survived if the they mist. hadn't come. If she had been alone, she would have been she fine. Because she wouldn't have gone outside. Three months later, we see Alma and Elliot taking care of Jess. Again, her parents are both dead. And they're sending her back to the first day that schools are open. 
And um, Jess has not spoken this whole time, again, because she's so traumatized. But yeah. when um, Alma puts a little photo of Jess's parents in her book bag, uh, Jess says, uh, thank you, I love you, Aunt Alma. And so, you know, obviously Alma's like, oh, oh, she's healing yeah. again. I hope they have that kid in therapy. Um, I mean, yeah. not, there aren't enough hours in the day to heal all of that trauma. Elliot puts Jess on the bus to school, which I thought was interesting because I'm like, is he not teaching anymore? Wouldn't he already all have to be at school? Like Alma would have to take her or something? Right. Also, what does Alma do? I don't know. Are they in the city? Where are they? They're in the city. It's I think okay. it's supposed to be in New York, but it's clearly shot in Philadelphia because a lot of right. M.I. Shyamalan's from Pennsylvania, so yeah. like a lot of his stuff is in Philadelphia. So on the news, we finally see that Dr. William Ross of the University of Chicago's Department of Botanical Toxicology says, As everyone knows by now, traces of the neurotoxin have been found in some plants and trees. Now, most environmentalists feel that this event is like, like the red tide in the ocean. But instead of algae-killing fish, this happened on land. And a caller calls in, and they want to know why it set in so fast and it dropped off, like it left so quickly. And Dr. Ross says, well... This was an act of nature, and I will never fully understand it, which I do not accept, either as a fan of science nope. or as a horror movie viewer. I need no. I need to understand it. Answers. The re- the whole premise of this podcast is I need answers. Like, And also, like I feel like scientists would be like, we are going to be working the rest of our lives yes. to understand why this We're, happened. We're not going to accept that. All we that. need is yeah. to find out information about this. This is the only scientific thing to be driving for, especially if you do plant stuff. Exactly. Botany. And the host says, well, you know, a lot of people think it's the government because it only happened in this geographical area. If it had happened anywhere else in the world, maybe people would believe it, but there's a lot of conspiracy theories, which would absolutely happen. So I get that. Yeah. And, you know, the doctor says, I think this is like the first spot of a rash. We've become a threat to this planet. And now, like the flora, at least, are fighting back the only way it can, chemically. Um, Alma, meanwhile, is taking a pregnancy test, and it comes up positive. And... She runs outside while Elliot's coming back from the bus stop, and she's so excited to tell him, Allison, would it have made more sense for their central argument to be about whether they should have kids? Yes, but that's not what this movie has. We're not going to give well, you that yeah, story. You, you don't need those dots to be connected. They just exist. <laughs> right, yeah. Now they're going to be happy forever, and it's like, did they want kids? Nobody ever brought Who it knows? up before. But um, they now have Jess as their child, and they're going to have another child. The end. Or is it? It's not. We cut to Paris. And you see two guys walking through the park, and one says to the other, I should drop my bike off at home before I go to work. And his friend says, oh, can you make it to Nadia's party tonight? And the first guy says, I should drop my bike off at home before I go to work. And they hear a scream, and the friend turns, and he realizes everyone in the park is either dead stopped or is walking slowly backwards. And as he looks, we see the wind blow in. The end! It's happening! So, Allison. There it is. Lay it on me. What do you think some fatal mistakes were in this film? Fatal mistakes. There actually aren't that many. Exactly, because it's all out of their like, hands. Like, they didn't, yeah, there's nothing they could have like, done. It's literally the wind. Like, there's not, like, I think they actually did every, I mean, they survived, so I guess there's yeah. that. Like, um, they did everything right. Um, they should have dragged, uh, the teenagers with them away from the house when they were like, okay, thanks, we'll keep it moving instead of letting them get shot by a crazy person. But um, yeah, and I guess like other maybe, than that, yeah, not letting Julian leave. Yeah, I think, but then like they would have been a larger group and that could have yeah. been more dangerous. Absolutely. So it's like, I think there actually are like 
almost is no this fatal the mistakes. Le- yeah, this is the movie <gasps> with the least fatal the mistakes. The least fatal mistakes. Wow. From, from, a, from a character perspective, from a production perspective, right, so yeah. many. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, casting, you know, many, but... Um, I think character-wise, like, they didn't actually, there's not a lot they could have actually done. Yeah. And, of course, like, they did survive. I would, um, like, not move back to an urban area. Right, because when you just assume this is going to happen over again. Like, and with the I internet now, that, I mean, you don't have to live, yeah. you know. I mean, I, we would hope. Right. I think I would try and go live, um, you know, somewhere a little bit more remote than New York City or Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I would also be dedicating a lot of my life to... Um, protecting the environment. Like, I would be someone who's like, I am not buying new things. I am growing my own vegetables and not shipping stuff places. Like, I would start really going be like the greenest of green people and like hope that other people were doing the same so that you could prevent this from happening again. Right. Though I do think in real life we wouldn't do that. And that is is also accurate. Bring me my things from Amazon one at a time. Bring me my things, Jeff Bezos. Bring me my things, Amazon. I need my mini whisk (laughs) and my... String lights and all the dumb shit that I've ordered on Amazon over the years. Um, so I, I had a little segment called "The Happening Two is Happening All Over Again" because I feel like it's been long enough, and we also, I mean, climate change is always going to be an issue because we refuse <laughs> to address it. I was thinking, what would be a good sequel yeah. to "The Happening"? And I had oh. a couple. Um, okay, the Happening Two, it's bees now, bitch. So <laughs> bees, obviously, uh, being the villain. The happening yes. three whale be at it again, which is where the whales and the bees team up oh, to take okay. on humanity. <laughs> and then whale be at it. <laughs> whale be at it again in theaters, do you? And then finally, the happening three, the trials of Elliot, which is just about a man getting fired for being the worst science teacher of all time. <laughs> um, I definitely think there's a happening and the birds uh, crossover oh, to be yes. to be had. Because um, I think that, like, as climate change continues to just, you know, ravage the planet that that we have caused it to do, um, <laughs> birds are going to get involved. Um, yeah. And uh, I think uh, maybe the happening five, the floor is lava. Absolutely. I like, did like lava as the <laughs> is your possible explainer. I wish that like, to lava. me, like... To me, like lava powers the planet. I don't know how or why, but that's like how my nah, brain works. you're dead right. I'm not side. I'm not. I'm. It's I like am a scientist. Inside so. generating stuff. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's swirling around inside the circle, the globe, mm-hmm. the circle. Yeah, no, that sounds right. And it makes things. Ha- volcanoes are real. Like that's a real thing. So you don't have to um, say tell me twice. <laughs> I believe in volcanoes. I'm not a denier. Um, so yeah, I think those would be some some good uh, franchises. Absolutely, God, for that, we Shyamalan just said to pursue. that makes me like there would be happening deniers. There absolutely would be people who are like the absolutely. happening didn't happen. That sucks. Yeah, they'd oh, be like boy. those people all just had the flu, and you'd be like, come on, buddy. Wait, like, it would be the government. Like, I mean, I mean, they'd right. be like, you know, whatever. QAnon yeah, the, it's it's for a, the yeah. happening. Yeah, the lip. Yeah, it <laughs> happened on. I hate it here. So, Allison, um, um, finally, uh, I'd like to ask you, where would you put the happening on the spooky scale? The spooky scale is, of course, our scale of whether something is spooky, not whether we enjoyed it. It's good. Because I would say, while this movie is not good, I do enjoy it. A spooky scale. Yes. I think, like, it's very enjoyable. And I think, like, there is the, the... the for the happening being something that like you can absolutely not do anything about mm-hmm. is a very scary element. Yes, but because it's like Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel, 
uh, reacting mean, to it. I am like, I'd be pretty taken out of it. But like the deaths seem very scary. So like, I think like yes. a six. Yeah, I'm going to say, boy, yeah, I'm going to say a five because I agree. All the deaths are, uh, much like um, I think every M. Night Shyamalan movie, the deaths are genuinely horrifying. Like, there's a lot of really scary details. But then, the um, you know, the binding agent of the film is just, it's just not there for this one. And I feel like, I feel, you know, normally, again, we don't go so hard criticizing movies, but M. Night Shyamalan can take it. He is a yeah. legend. He's coming out There's with another so movie. so many great hits. We yeah. already, I mean, we did The Visit, which, again, like, mm-hmm. a low budget, but super fun. Great. So I feel like it's like he could take it, and yeah. he knows that this, it's almost destroyed his career. So I mean, it's like, we're not, you yeah. know, we're not saying anything that million people haven't said, you know? And again, I paid yes. for to see it twice, so it's a ticket for me and Allison, yeah. so... Um, there you go. Yeah. Well, I, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. And please, for the love yes. of God, we got to address climate change because I, I can't be out here running around, having people yeah. eyeing my Actually, lemon drink. Yeah. Also, like, don't shop on Amazon. Like, <laughs> please, I don't. So please don't. Um, Do what you can. Reduce plastic. Live a green life as much as you can. Do your best. That's all anybody can do. Yeah. Um, and uh, while you're doing that, send us an email uh, with any thoughts or questions you have for us at ruined at the We'll obviously talk about it on the podcast because we do that every week now. Um, so please reach out, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, tell your friends about the podcast. And most importantly, you must. In the meantime, we ask you, we beg you to please keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Bye. Bye. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.